0: Welcome to Precision Notes, a men's style pro podcast. Here we sit down with creatives across all industries from fashion to food to get a better idea of the scope of their journey, creative process, and what's next in their sights. On this episode of Precision Notes, we sit down with Emily Riddell, co-owner of the South Philly-based, French-inspired, Machine Shop boulangerie. After spending time in Paris honing her baking skills, Riddell, an accomplished pastry chef, has spent time working at the renowned Lebec Fin in Philadelphia, stints on the West Coast, and Lancaster, Pennsylvania, before opening her Best of Philly award-winning bakery. During our convo, we talk about her willingness to always take risks, her love of chocolate, and the future of machine shop boulangerie. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Precision Notes. I am Sabir Peel of Men's Style Pro, and obviously of Precision Notes. I am very excited to have my next guest on because I've known her for 20 years. We've known each other for 20 years. So I have Miss Emily Riddell. She is the co owner and, uh, are you head pastry chef? Pastry chef, yeah. Pastry mm-hmm. chef at uh, Machine Shop Boulangerie. I'm not French, but I like saying Boulangerie. <laughs> um, welcome to the pod. Hi. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> I'm gonna move your mic just a little bit closer. Okay. I turn it down though, because your mic is loud. Okay. But <laughs> I brought her on today because, one, I don't know what the hell it's like to become a pastry chef. Two, I've known you for so long and you've been hyper-creative from mm-hmm. jump. I remember you made me a, a mug that I had for like 15 years. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. I kind of want to go through the process because you've had a pretty storied career already, even though okay. you're a pretty young pastry chef. <laughs> so yeah. let's start. I want to start high school because that's where we met. Mm-hmm. Did you always have an interest in becoming a chef in any regard?
1: Um. Yeah, I think I did. I... um yeah, I always used to, like, play around in the kitchen and, like, hang out with my mom and my dad and cook, and I loved to do that, and um, one of the first jobs I got was in the restaurant industry, and I just kind of fell in love with it.
0: What was, what was that first job?
1: Uh, it was a catering job, Okay, but um, I just loved the fast pace of it and serving people and making food.
0: Now, at that time, were you cooking at all in the catering side, or were you more of a server on that end?
1: Um, I did both. Okay. I did both. Yeah, it was in high school.
0: So what was the point where you knew you were like, all right, I'm going to be in this industry, but my niche is going to be pastry.
1: Is going to be pastry. Um, well, I knew that I like working. I knew I wanted to be in the kitchen. Right. And uh, and I started to go to school in the States for it right after high school.
0: Where'd you go to school?
1: Um, I went to the restaurant school. That, um, is that on Walnut Street? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. Uh, and then just like being inspired by the chefs that were there. Um, I decided that I wanted to move to France and, like, do the real deal shit, like, not just, you know.
0: So was that, <laughs> because I when I think pastry chef, I think France, instantly I think France. Mm-hmm. Most people mm-hmm. think we think chefs, but I think yeah. traditional, like, culinary chefs, you can be anywhere, but France for baking seems like that's the shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I always liked to do pastry. I went to school for both, like, when I moved to France, I did cuisine and pastry both. See, I didn't know
0: you did cuisine at mm-hmm. all. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta formulate some questions on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then um, it just so happened when I moved back that the first job I got back in Philly was a pastry job, and I've been working in that ever since. All right, so let's not yeah. jump
0: ahead because I feel like you're about <laughs> like, and now the podcast is done. So, <laughs> no, no, no. so you went to the restaurant school here in Philly, mm-hmm. and that was mm-hmm. what 2004 six ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. that time frame, was there ever a time when you were in school where you were like, okay? This isn't for me.
1: No. So
0: you just knew no. this was your shit.
1: Yeah, but, yeah.
0: But was that around the time you really formulated that, like, okay, I know cuisine, and I know pastry. Pastry might be more of my path.
1: Um, I think that when I was in school in France, that was those were the classes that I liked the most. Okay. Um. Ra- like random fact, I'm a vegetarian, and so like breaking down.
0: That Lots. is a random as hell. You, you you weren't always a vegetarian, though, were you? No. When did mm-hmm. the vegetarianism come into your life?
1: Um, after right after high school.
0: Oh, so for a long yeah. time. So yeah, a yeah. long time. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Um, but like breaking down animals and working with a lot of meat wasn't my favorite part. Okay. Of cooking. Um, it's not that I won't do it or whatever, but it's not my favorite part. And um, pastry just like, I think part of it too is like that. I think is like a special thing that people, um, that people like use to like celebrate something or that brings them joy in their day or, and I like to be a part of that. Because I know feel
0: right? like pastry, and this is from watching my wife. My wife is a really good, um, I guess, past- home pastry chef. Okay. The best way to describe her. Yeah. She's a really good cook too. Like mm-hmm. we're one of those few people when I say like, oh my wife can cook and she can bake. People are like, oh, she could probably cook. I was like, no, she can fucking cook. But she's also a very good, um, I, cake chef she makes really good cakes Uh um but watching her through the process of Mm -hmm. making something Mm -hmm. i can see when she zones out and Mm -hmm. she's just into that thing and how Mm -hmm. much joy Mm -hmm. is a part of that Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and it has to just be something that you connect with what you're doing you you can see what's going to be the outcome for someone else yeah so that's pretty cool um
1: there's a there's a book that we read in high school i don't know if you read it but uh let's see (laughs) called like water for chocolate
0: no. Uh, no, I didn't read that. I was thinking Stones from the River, oh. where you said it. <laughs> no. Damn. Um,
1: but it's all about this woman who um, who cooks, and all of her emotion goes into her food. And so all of her emotion goes into her food, and then when people eat it, they feel her emotion. And it's like, that's something that I like have you know, carried with me.
0: That is amazing. <laughs> like I feel like that's one of those things for any job that you create anything yeah. like if you're a director you make clothes you want people to feel like how much love you put into that thing yeah and hopefully but i feel like in that book you probably actually felt it yeah as yeah, the yeah. person
1: oh Damn. absolutely
0: see i knew I was. it's a
1: good one so i knew it's it was good,
0: good to have you on <laughs> taking it back yeah now was there ever a time when you were at the restaurant school or I, i'm gonna stick to that part where there was a um a pastry that you made that made you fall deeper in love with making pastries is there like your one thing early on
1: um no, I don't. I don't know that I can like pinpoint it at that moment, because um, I wasn't. I actually wasn't in the culinary program there.
0: What, what were you doing there? I was doing front of the house when oh, I was there. Oh, yeah. okay.
1: And in that program, you had to take classes in the kitchen as well. And so it just. I was like, I like my kitchen classes way better. Like They're I totally belong. Yeah, I belong in the kitchen for sure. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you then around what, 2007, you mm-hmm. leave and go to France. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, was the decision just because you knew, like, all right, if I'm gonna be a pastry chef, France is where I need to be? Mm-hmm. Or were you just looking for a change of pace in general?
1: Um, I've always like been adventurous, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was like, if I'm gonna do this thing, I'm gonna do it. Uh, and that's where they make the best pastries and food, and they have such like a long, crazy history. Um, with cuisine and pastry, and I just wanted to get in there and learn it. I had, I had chefs who were European or French at the restaurant school, and I just picked, picked a place and went there.
0: All right, everybody, we are here with Emily Riddell. She is co-owner of Machine Shop Boulangerie here in Philly, uh, which is located in the, the Bach building in South Philly. And I'll ask you to talk about that a little bit later. Um, she is breaking down how she got into the pastry game and I'm learning some stuff. I didn't know you were a vegetarian. I've known you for forever. <laughs> 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 All right, so now uh, Miss Emily finds herself in France. Mm-hmm. So you plop down. What was for you? Was there not a culture shock, but just a like learning curve? Just a because it's everything in French. Like, what's the deal when you get there? Like,
1: oh yeah, big time. Um, like I took I took French in high school, but it's nothing like living there and being there and speaking every single so day. <laughs> Yeah, cause I yeah. tried to,
0: So I went to France in a March of this past year. Okay, Marina and I went for a couple of days, and just the pace in which people talk,
1: mm-hmm. who are
0: native French speakers, mm-hmm. it's a whole different world. Mm-hmm. It's like speaking to any native person, but like being an English speaker to someone speaking French. Yeah, you might pick up a vu here or something yeah. there yeah. or mercy. But I was yeah. like, holy shit.
1: Well, they don't have patience for it. Either. No. <laughs> yeah.
0: They just looked at me and started speaking English. I was like, damn, <laughs> yeah, I right. tried. I really tried.
1: <laughs> um, I did find that if you try, that people are receptive to that, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but, yeah, there was a huge culture shock. But you just kind of try to make it work. And you make mistakes, but you learn and get up the next day and, and keep on going. Um, the school that I went to... We had some of our classes were translated okay. um, into English, but first, but those were only lecture classes. Okay, and so that
0: makes sense to be translated for yeah, that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but first day in the kitchen. I am tearing through this glass <laughs> of whiskey. Um, but first day in the kitchen, you are in there with a French chef. He does not speak English. He is yelling at you. He is telling you what to do in French, whether you understand it or not. Okay. So you learn fast.
0: So... As someone who is like naturally a little bit shy, you're like a little shy, but you're mm-hmm. tough. How did yeah? How did you find your bearings doing that? Because I like you're going to a whole new country, mm-hmm. whole new language. Mm-hmm. You came to do something you love, so that probably yeah. helped. Yeah. But like, did you find that you had to develop a new level of toughness to be learning there?
1: Um, I think that I just like it's something that. Uh, I've done my whole life. I think is like I'm. I'm pretty quiet, mm-hmm. but I just absorb. Right. I just like observe and absorb everything that's going on around me and try to like figure it out. And I mean, I'm I'm a little bit closed up in my shell, but you know, um, I try to.
0: She's quiet, but I know this girl. <laughs> she, you're tough as hell.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I can. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got through it. I, I, you know, I. Um,
0: how long was that program there?
1: It was a little over a year. I lived in Paris. Yeah. Um,
0: so the program was just over a year to mm-hmm. get the degree. And yeah. W- and what's your degree in specifically?
1: Um, I have something called the Grand Diplôme, and That's that what sounds is a Grand <laughs> Diplôme. Um, that is a certificate in both pastry and uh, cuisine. Okay. French cuisine. Uh, it was three levels of each it was a really intensive program because normally students just do one or the other um, and there is a an accelerated program where you can do both together um, and you're in the kitchen in school six days a week 12 hours a day just grinding like all day every day
0: i have a question for you in terms Mm -hmm. of like going into a program that like that Mm -hmm. what kind of advice would you give someone they can be like coming fresh out of school, like being a traditional yeah, student yeah, yeah. or even thinking like I'm going to switch my career, uh-huh. specifically becoming a pastry chef, uh-huh. is there something you would tell them like, hey, be prepared for this? Um, and I'm going to say taking in the path that you took, like yeah. going to France, all that shit.
1: Okay. Um, expect to be yelled at for sure. And don't let that like get you down. It just means that they're trying to make you better. Um. And it's not like a personal attack on you. I've, I've found like um, training a lot of people that a lot of people take it personally. And right. it's just you trying to make the person better. Right. Um, so those those chefs are really just trying to teach you something. And they want to get it into your head. They want to get through to you. So it's, it's their passion. It's their love. They're enthusiastic about it. So like... You can't let that get you down you just have to muscle through it and try harder and try harder and try harder
0: all right once again we are here with emily riddell of machine shop Boulangerie here in philly in philly um we're gonna take a quick break and she's gonna drop some more gems on us about the pastry game you're listening to precision notes podcast a part of the Men's Style Pro network. Be sure to visit menstylepro.com for all things style, fashion, food, and fitness, and all other dope things. Once again, that's menstylepro.com. Okay, we are back with Emily Riddell. So we—you just graduated mm-hmm. from was it Le Cordon Bleu? Yep, yep. I was like, I think I read that. Yeah, I did read up on you. <laughs> I know you, but I had to read up on you. Um, and you make your way back to the states, and you come here to Philly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you came back to Philly, what did you what did you do? Did you come right back and start working?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you? I stayed in France a little bit um, after school. Okay. And just kind of traveled around and and hung out because um, I didn't get to do much of that while I was in school.
0: Because I feel like it just was intense. Like you yeah. it was a year and a half for the most part. Yeah. Was, there had to be no downtime.
1: Yeah. It was it was super intense. And then, um, well, you know the French—they like their vacations. So right. th- we had like a month off for Christmas, and I got to travel a little bit, and then after after school, I took a little bit of time and stayed there, kept my apartment, and like, chilled in Paris for a bit, okay. but yeah, but pretty much, as soon as I came back um, to Philly, I looked for a job, got a job uh, with George Perrier, and...
0: Could wait, before you, you're about the, I can tell you about the gloss over George Perrier. No,
1: no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not.
0: Can you explain to everyone who George Perrier is? And just a sh- short, fun synopsis.
1: Okay. Um, what I would say is that he revitalized um, the culinary scene in Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, pretty much, he opened uh, Lebec Fen and I'm not 100% on the year, but in the 70s. hmm Uh, it was open for 42 years and for years and years and years, it was the best restaurant in the entire country. Yeah. And, um, he really like revitalized Walnut street and downtown with this fantastic fine dining French restaurant.
0: I feel like that's why I guess a lot of young people or people coming to Philadelphia, they know Philadelphia as a food city now. Mm -hmm. They like, they need to pay homage. Like that shit is wild.
1: Yeah. If you go through like. Lists of people who have come up in Philly in the culinary mm-hmm. game Almost guaranteed they worked for him at some point. Yeah almost guaranteed um,
0: So when you got that job, mm-hmm. what was your position there?
1: I started as a pastry cook at Brasserie Perrier, okay uh, Which was his bistro, right? That was also on Walnut Street a couple blocks down from Lebec Fen and um then maybe a a little bit more than a year into me working there um the pastry chef who was uh like oversaw all of his restaurants Mm -hmm. moved me to lebec um, okay um and i worked there for five years
0: that was five years you were there
1: i worked at lebec for five years Mm -hmm. so i worked for him for a little bit over six years
0: that's amazing. I didn't yeah. realize it was that long. Mm-hmm. We were just off off our radio or off pod. We were talking about a time that I just happened to call her because I was sitting across the street. And there was a cigar bar across the street from Lebec Finn.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was
0: like, hey, Emmys, what's up? Are you working? She was like, yeah, come in. I'm going to bring you into the kitchen. And I lost my shit quietly <laughs> because I was like, one, actually, I had never been in Lebec Finn before. Okay. Yeah, yeah," And then to be getting taken into the kitchen. I was like, I know I'm walking on sacred ground. Mm-hmm. So I'm going back there, and people are looking at me like, who the hell is this dude? Like, he must be famous or some shit like that. Um, but I walked in, and she was like, oh, I'm going to give you some chocolate. You gave me some chocolate. You remember that?
1: <laughs> yeah. She yeah.
0: gave me these bomb-ass chocolates, and I took – I ate two, and I took the rest home to my wife. But I was like, yo, I just tasted greatness. <laughs> that shit was amazing. So while at Lebec what what skill – or skills do you say you honed in terms of like your pastry chef (laughs) I
1: just
0: want to make up words today yeah
1: um so chocolate is what I would say there we go (laughs) um it's something that I always love to do it's definitely something I love to eat um but like I really really fell in love with just the art of making chocolates and it still is my favorite thing to do I love it so much
0: now I feel like probably what most pastries chocolate is potentially very temperamental mm-hmm. yeah. um, there for you. And it's just me looking at you as a person, there has to be like a high level of uh, creativity that goes into like, not just making the chocolates, but chocolates, but making them pretty and mm-hmm. fancy for you. Or do you feel like you're turning yourself on and off when you go into the baking phase or is this who you are? Like you can go in and just make a beautiful piece of chocolate or a beautiful piece of pastry.
1: Um, well, <clears throat>
0: you can use chocolate specific if you want. Yeah.
1: Wanted. I mean, what I would say the thing that I love about pastry in general mm-hmm. is that it mixes like both parts of my brain because I do I am very analytical and there's so much science involved in right. what in what you're doing. Cuz
0: it's formula based for the most part.
1: Right, exactly. It's all super precise measurements and precise temperatures and all that stuff, but then I like you mentioned earlier am creative and uh i love art and artistic and all that shit so um it like combines both of those worlds for me which is
0: perfect That's amazing because <laughs> I, I would feel because i've only ever seen one like because when you made that mug for me there were so many like different levels to that mug in terms mm-hmm. of like color and texture mm-hmm. and i was I always wondering did you pull any of Those skills from art into making chocolate specifically, because you can, because there's so much art that you can Mm -hmm. put into that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I have to ask her now. (laughs) She's here.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, I think it's all just kind of like a part of of who I am, really. Um, But that is one of my favorite things is to like design the shell of the chocolate Mm -hmm. that matches whatever the filling is. but I, I still throw pottery all the time, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I love to do that too. Um, anything that I can do with my hands, you know? I just love to work do with you, my hands. Do you also
0: build things at all? Are you, like, do like, you work with wood ever?
1: That's so funny. My dad, um, actually, like, from the time that I was five, I would work in his wood shop doing carpentry stuff. Yeah.
0: All right, yeah. see? Let's pull it out. It's <laughs> pulling it out. So now we we're five years of working at LeBec Finn. Mm-hmm. And then Emily dips, right? Or do you stay here for a while?
1: Um yeah, I mean almost almost immediately after that. Not immediately, yeah. but um I worked for Steven Starr for a hot minute and then um
0: and by now, if you're listening to this pod, if you're local, you know who Steven Starr is from here <laughs> to New York. So, he's yeah. got restaurants, people.
1: Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, then I, I moved to San Francisco. So, well, to Oakland.
0: To Oakland, actually. She, but I worked. That is in, correct.
1: But I worked in San Francisco. So, you were going over
0: the bridge every day. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, was there anything <clears throat> particular that spurred the move?
1: Was um, it just like change
0: of pace, opportunity?
1: Yeah, opportunity for sure, um, and it's always something that I've wanted to do. I've always wanted to uh, move to California and just live there for a little bit. It's um, yeah, it was it was kind of a dream that I had, and like I said earlier, I'm, you're always you know. up for an adventure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Would you say that you're your um, I'm gonna call it like joie de vivre, your zest for life? Yeah. Yeah. Is that French? Oh, shit. Uh,
1: yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um,
0: would you say that like plays a part into how you create in terms of like how you make pastries or even when you cook? Because I feel like do you are you more of like I can just come off the dome or certain things and just do shit? Mm. Or do you feel like when you're in that space, you go into like I am an analytical person. I do this. I do that.
1: I for sure get inspired by things, mm-hmm. um, so I'm like always, always, always looking around, seeing what's going on. Um, but I think it's like a it's like a light bulb kind of thing that goes on in my head, and I'm like, "Ooh, I want to make that." Okay. Kind of, kind of deal. All
0: right. So now we are in San or Oakland, working in San Fran. Mm-hmm. Were you working at this time when you go to Oakland?
1: Um, I got a job. I moved over there without a job, um, and then I got a job at Le Marais Bakery, okay. which is in the Marina District. Um, be, I've
0: been down there. I've been to San Francisco yeah. seven times. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, And it was a cool little French bakery. They did all sourdough bread and um, focused on lamination.
0: What's, what's lamination?
1: Lamination is um, the process to make croissants. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Now, is that, I'm because I don't know those details, Yeah, is that something that someone can do at home?
1: Uh, technically, yeah, you could. Okay, It's kind of a pain in the butt to do it by hand without really? a, without a machine, but yeah,
0: yeah. Can you, where were we at on time? Can you explain the process a little bit? Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: absolutely, absolutely. Since it's kind of like the cornerstone of my business, yeah, I can, okay. I can explain Okay, so we're about it. to learn some
0: <laughs> shit. All right, so this is uh, Emily Riddell talking about lamination.
1: <laughs> yeah, All lamination, right. so basically, uh, to make croissants, what you do is you have a piece of dough, right? Uh, the croissant dough. And you have a block of butter.
0: A block of butter. Yeah.
1: And you fold it inside of the dough.
0: So this one, I wish it was like a, a jazz player behind <laughs> you. And you have a block of
1: butter. <laughs> okay. Um, and so you roll that out.
0: Okay. And now, then- wait. Once you roll that dough and the butter, are you. Ex- uh, the butter, is it like solid is it melting like what's the deal you want like a so solid it's like
1: soft ish okay um not melted okay not hard in the middle
0: all right so you, so you wanted to you want
1: them to kind of be the same consistency basically gotcha and what you're doing is creating layers right so like you have dough butter dough and then you're you... teaching me right now so like... <laughs> so then you roll it out okay. and you fold it on top of each other so then you end up with Dough butter, dough butter. butter, dough butter, dough butter, and
0: so that's why croissants are so flaky and, flaky
1: and layery. Cause inside all of those layers is a layer of butter.
0: So if you were to do this, like, all right, you got your block of uh, butter and you have your block of dough. Yeah. I'm just gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how long does it take you? Like, you now at mm-hmm. where you are? Mm-hmm. Can you pretty pretty much do that with your eyes closed?
1: After having the bakery for two and a half years? Yes.
0: Okay. Yes, for sure. But when you first started, like, do you remember the first... I was probably in school, but the Mm -hmm. first time you had to do that?
1: Yeah. It's... um, I mean, the process is so much about feel um, and just learning what the right texture is of dough and butter and temperature and all that stuff. So it's really just like paying attention to what you're doing and... Um, just like, I don't know, focusing on, on that. Just, just what you're yeah. doing there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So now you're there at the bakery. So the bakery itself, is it a smaller bakery?
1: Yeah, it was small. Mm-hmm.
0: And was the focus, like, you said it's a big, ba- so like, when I hear bakery, I think breads. Okay. Instantly for that. Right. Now, were they doing all types of f- French pastries as well?
1: Um, when I started, they were doing a good amount of French pastry, but, um, not, To me, French pastry is like super fancy cakes and macaroons and um, things like that. So I would say they were doing like a little bit more rustic style, kind of a lot of. So what you would call a boulangerie, not a patisserie, right? Patisserie is. is Wait, wait, this is a knowledge drop right here. All
0: right. Patisserie.
1: Yeah. So. Patisserie is um, cakes and macaroons and like sweet confections. So more
0: actually like what you think of pastry? Yeah. Okay. Pastry, pastry. Sorry, patisserie. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: And then boulangerie is this world of uh, dough, Okay. pretty much. So bread and laminated products, so croissant and things like that.
0: Okay. So now nah, I get it. I see the distinction. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then some like if there's a bakery that does both like almost mm-hmm. equally
1: mm-hmm.
0: can they call themselves whatever the hell they want like what's
1: uh and they are all over paris and mm-hmm. they're called boulangerie patisserie oh yeah i didn't think they were gonna do that <laughs> yeah, no. no, they just put the two yeah they put the two words next to each other all right. like all of those all of those like mirrored gold yeah. signs that you see yeah i,
0: I, I uh-huh. walked into them yeah all yeah. right so now how long did you uh how long were you there for in and you started out there as what? Just like pastry chef, sous chef? Like what's the, what was your I role? I worked
1: there for about a year. Okay. Um, and I basically came in as a pastry chef and ended up kind of um, running their whole, like managing their whole program in terms of the pastry that they were doing, the breakfast pastries, all the croissant, laminated doughs, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and the bread. So I ran like the whole, all the teams there.
0: Now, at this point, being at a spot that's strictly more of like a a boulangerie for the most part, Mm -hmm. um, were you also sourcing product to other places?
1: We didn't do any wholesale. No No wholesale, No, it was just that retail location.
0: All Mm -hmm. right, I was curious, because when you say you started managing teams and stuff like that, I was wondering if they had any of like wholesale.
1: Well, they opened, while I was there, they opened um, a space next door that was, a restaurant oh. so we had a, a dinner menu too with plated desserts and things like
0: that so you're there for a year just about mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. once you were done there did you stay in San Fran or is that when you came back
1: I did stay in San Francisco okay. um, for a little bit and I worked at a restaurant called lazy bear, oh, it was bear. Um, yeah and I the the bakery was really intense um and i kind of just wanted to cook a little bit cuz it okay. had been i had been a manager at that point almost from the time i got back from school yeah. like i hadn't been a just a cook like a pastry cook
0: so you really wanted to focus on i just on wanted cooking. to like
1: cook you know and not do any of the management not do any of that other stuff and just be a cook for a little bit and I, and i did that for a was was that lazy months. bear Mm-hmm. okay yeah I was just a pastry cook
0: how there. did it feel to be back in like the roots of what you were doing
1: um it felt good it felt good to just be a, a person who worked on a team yeah. you know um, and it was fun it was a fun restaurant to work at they yeah. had a, a pretty cool setup there um, it was like a dinner party style Okay. So they had two seatings. It was, I think it was forty people each seating. Was it like a fixed menu? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you just like everybody came together, turned easy. out the food, every, each course, and uh, so it was. It was a different style restaurant that mm. I hadn't worked in. It was also fine dining, like Lebec was, okay. where I worked for a long time, um, but a, a different style. So it was cool.
0: It cool to get that During experience. those times, did you ever have time to just, like, when you went actually back to cooking to just come up with shit and make it? Did you ever have those, like, light bulb moments, like, oh, I want to try this and just make something? Or were you were you so focused on working? Like, when you were done working, you're like, fuck this, I just need to work? <laughs> or I just need to sleep?
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, being a part of that team, they kind of gave you some freedom Mm -hmm. in that like whatever station you were working on you could collaborate with the chef or pastry chef that you were working with yeah um so there was some of that yeah for sure
0: have you ever created something you were like oh this is gonna be dope and it was (laughs)
1: um i mean
0: like i I feel like you had a light bulb moment sometime like yo this is gonna be delicious and you just made up something that you never had and it was great and people loved it Uh in a restaurant capacity. Have you ever had that opportunity?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, you're creating all the time. Mm. Um,
0: Is it scary to do that?
1: No, not necessarily, but I think it's the same with everybody. Like, not every single thing that you make or do is amazing, but then there are those times where you're like, oh shit, that's good, you know? And so that happens every so often, for sure.
0: So, you were there for how long?
1: Uh, at Lazy Bear? Yeah. Uh, I think four months, maybe. And, yeah.
0: And then you stopped there. Did you stay in on the West Coast long, or did you shoot back here?
1: No. So, I actually got a call from the pastry chef that I worked with at Lebec, who um, happened to be opening his own pastry shop in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, of all places. Yeah, you did. And... Uh, he asked me to come and help him open his shop. And Cedric is a dear, dear friend of mine, and I love working with him. Love, love, love working with him. Um, And so I said, you know, I'm not like, nothing's holding me here, and I would love to go help my friend open this shop and have the experience of opening a shop from nothing. Right. And um, so I did
0: okay i feel like you're slightly driven not by the unknown but like i think you see the possibility in something and you're just like i don't wait i just do it Mm -hmm. has that always been who you are i think so i think
1: so i'd like to take risks for sure yeah well
0: it's good to have you back on the east coast yes and in the states shit
1: yeah (laughs) um
0: So now you're back here and you're in Lancaster. Hold on. Before we get deep into this, because I feel Mm -hmm. like this is uh, part three of the podcast, Mm -hmm. I want to reintroduce Emily uh, Riddell. She is the co-founder of Machine Shop Boulangerie here in Philadelphia at the Bach Building. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back in about 30 seconds. You're listening to Precision Notes Podcast a part of the Men's Style Pro Network. Be sure to visit MenStylePro.com for all things style, fashion, food, and fitness, and all other dope things. Once again, that's MenStylePro.com. All right, we are back with Emily Riddell. So we are back from the West Coast and in Pennsylvania, but in Lancaster. hmm mm-hmm. Tell me about that experience for you opening up a shop from the ground up. How did that make you feel to be in that space uh, you have been at all these established restaurants right. and now this is like brick and mortar, build some shit.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so Cedric is someone who I respect immensely. Um, and as a pastry chef, as a business owner, uh, as a business person, and so to be able to go through that journey with him and learn all of those things was an incredible, incredible experience because he actually just like took me into the fold and I got to go through all of the things with him okay um it's him and his wife they own the shop together um and I've known them both for years and years and years at this point um and it was just amazing to be able to like I don't know just have my hands on on every single aspect of it and not actually have the responsibility of being the owner of it.
0: You're like, we're going to try this. And you're just like, hopefully you say yes. (laughs) And if it falls apart, like, "Ah, I can leave. Yeah. But that's not what what you were thinking. No, 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 no.
1: no. But um, I think the other thing about it was that I felt good that I could be there for my friend and my mentor in a capacity where I could take this worry off of his shoulders where, like, I can hire his staff, train them. I know exactly what he wants. Like we've worked together, we worked together for such a long time that I that we like he knows my style, I know his style. I know what he's talking about when yeah. he's explaining something, so it's very easy for me to translate to somebody else and to train them. And he can be a business owner, right? You know, he can do all that other stuff that he needs to do and not be in the kitchen a hundred percent of the time and know that it's taking care right, that's of perfect yeah
0: so i feel like that kind of harkens back to you like liking to create things and mm. people feel that love i mm-hmm. feel like you're putting that level of energy into helping your friend
1: yeah absolutely yeah
0: how long were you there for
1: um i think after we opened a year and a half but i think altogether two years
0: okay mm-hmm. so from building that from the ground up What were a few things that you pulled out of that experience that helped you? Because now you have your own.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, Well, I think Cedric started with a really large budget um, and had everything that you needed. Okay. And I built my business 100% the opposite way. Like I started with the smallest amount of money that you could bought just the equipment that we needed and built it, right. um, that way. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying having the experience of having every toy and everything that you could want, um, you know, showed me one way of doing right. it. And, and it showed you
0: like, all right, if we keep busting our ass, with what, what we have right now, yeah, I can, we can save and get up to this next mm-hmm. level.
1: Yeah. Um, and like just paying attention to financials and the books and stuff like that. Like he was always super um, open with me about that kind of stuff. Right. So that was super, that was really, really helpful.
0: Do you, even though you have a, a very highly analytical side to you, when you open up Machine Shop, do you feel as though like you had to recalibrate your mind to actually like be able to do creative and to do books?
1: Mm interesting um so machine shop is wholesale only um so that kind of limits us in terms of creativity okay um so you know we we start we opened up the business and kind of created a line and have produced that line um we do pop-ups and stuff like that, so that like gives us the opportunity to do different something things. Something creative, yeah.
0: or something more creative.
1: Right, right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think in that initial phase, we were being creative, and we've gone through this phase of like really just building the business, building, 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 and um, now we've finally hired some staff on, Oh. And so I can go back into my creative Put your, your creative hat space. back on. Yeah.
0: All right. So if you don't know, um, Emily opened up, what what year was this uh, machine shop? In what year? Mm,
1: 2017.
0: So 2017. And it, it is located in the Bach building. So for the non-Philadelphia residents, the Bach building is actually a former high school, which was Bach Votech, right? Mm-hmm. And it closed down probably early 2000s, like like 2010, somewhere in that range. Um, was it closed down for that long?
1: I think 14. Okay. I think 2014 is when it closed.
0: So the building was purchased and repurposed into like a co-working space. But it's a school. So it's classrooms that were converted into different businesses. So there's obviously there's a bakery in there. There's a bar that's up the, open up seasonally. Uh, Deodora has their headquarters there. But then machine shop is housed out of there. Mm-hmm. So just from like a logistical standpoint, what the, how did you get <laughs> actual like baking things into a school?
1: Yeah. Because so that doesn't
0: have like, I don't think it was set up for home ec.
1: No, no. We're in the machine shop classroom.
0: <laughs> All right. There it is. Uh, everybody take a drink. She said it. So you're in the machine shop. So that's how it yeah, came to be.
1: Yeah. We're in the machine shop. Mm hmm. Yeah all right it's it's very simple it's not
0: (laughs) but it sounds so good because like i hear machine shop and i think like something like tough as hell Something like and i think like oh boulangerie. like i think there's like this beautiful baking process so that juxtaposition of ideas to me sounds like it should be a thing
1: yeah yeah well we uh my my business partner katie and i
0: oh shout out to katie yeah right you're not here right now but you're a friend (laughs) of the pod we're having a drink for you (laughs)
1: um you know we're we're tossing back and forth ideas we don't know what what do we want to call this thing um and we just kept like we're in the machine shop we're in the machine shop we're at the shop like and we're like yeah yeah totally, it. It, it, yeah
0: and i it's funny i i posted on my instagram story yesterday i was walking by uh the restaurant right down the block from me winkle mm-hmm. and i for the first time i looked at the board i was having to look at the sandwich board outside mm-hmm. and it was like now serving machine shop i was like <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, there we go. This is serendipitous, right yeah. here." It was so cool. It was cool to see that because yeah, yeah. I know you're at other places, mm-hmm. and but it, just to see it right near my office, yeah. I'm like, "That's my friend.
1: <laughs> She's doing
0: it." So yes. now you're you've been here for two years now, and in 20 this has been two years, right? It's 2017 that you opened, mm-hmm. and in 2018 did you win Best of Philly? In
1: 2018 we won Best of Philly. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you won Best of Philly, mm-hmm. what was the actual title? Do you remember?
1: Best Croissants.
0: Best Croissant. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that?
1: We were surprised for sure. Uh, we didn't know that that was even an award that they were giving out that year. Um, it was great. It was really, really cool.
0: Because I won Best of that year as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I know. I, I,
0: <laughs> and I didn't know yeah. that I oh, was. Oh, you didn't know? So I found out. So one of my clients, the um, Ethos, the men's grooming lounge, okay, yeah, yeah, they yeah. won, and I knew they won.
1: Right, okay.
0: And then I think Sean, who's a part of the, the grooming lounge, she goes, Yo, you won too. No. <laughs> My my homie Francesco, who okay. so Francesco owns Moda Matters, the clothing company. Okay, yeah. That's why I did my uh, design collab yeah, with, yeah, yeah. and we won for our spring collaboration. Okay. And he he calls me. He goes, "Yo, congratulations!" And I had that's what happened. I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Yeah. He's like, "We won." I was like, what the "Fuck are you!" Talk-? And I had mm-hmm. Jessica off the phone yeah. with Sean. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Yo, you won." I was like, yeah. "So I won, my client won, uh-huh. and then I found out you won." Yeah. I was like, "This is the best year <laughs> ever." Yeah so best croissant and that's a big that's a tall order for one specific thing. Yeah. I think you I think getting best bakery mm-hmm. could be a little bit easier than getting one best thing.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. So
0: what do you think it is about your croissant that's just that damn good?
1: Um
0: And you can brag if you want. This is this is the <laughs> only time you can actually brag about some shit.
1: Um well, love and energy for sure. Um we definitely uh, our croissant is a sourdough based croissant. There's a little bit of... Is that unusual? Um, I think a traditional croissant has uh, just commercial yeast okay. in it. Um, but we have a sourdough that we use for all of our bread and all of our bread is naturally leavened. So our croissant has some of that in there. So it's got a little bit of funky sourdough soul mixed okay. in with uh do
0: they have that croissant at winkle yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay because <laughs> i gotta try it i never had yeah. it what no i've only i've had chocolate from you back in the day and okay. i had something when i was at machine shop the, that one time i visited you okay yeah you gave me something but it wasn't a croissant I don't
1: you probably like taste his bread i was like I'm gonna <laughs> eat the bread okay. um okay so yeah. i'm well i'll have congratu- to bring you some <laughs> yeah
0: i'll come visit you yeah but congratulations on that That was oh, that was a big deal you. and it was cool like being a business owner, to seeing my friend being a business owner, yeah, to win that way. No,
1: I was, I was stoked. Yeah, are you kidding me? I was like, oh shit, Sabir won too. Oh damn!
0: It, it was a wild <laughs> ass year. Yeah, yeah. And I, I used to talk people up. I was talking you up all the time, like, oh my friend, she does. I'm like, yo, this shit is live, man. <laughs> all right, so now you're two years in. Machine shop is doing. I from my outside view it looks like it's doing very well mm-hmm. from a wholesale perspective is there ever dreams of having a brick and mortar to <laughs> she's shaking her head yes <laughs> i don't know if i should say that to expand what you do because i yeah. know like wholesale is great that's making yeah. You money yeah but to have a space where you can because would you potentially and i know i'm just thinking way ahead mm-hmm. because you have the cuisine background would you mm-hmm. also do cuisine or just a boulangerie and patisserie. is how you patisserie? say it. Patisserie. Patisserie, mm-hmm. sorry, patisserie. <laughs> um, would you do both?
1: Um, I'm not sure about cuisine, but for sure um, more pastry style items. You got to bring the chocolate back. Yes, yes. It, well, it's my love, so of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing set in stone Right. At the moment. But, um, you know, our lease at Bach is not forever. And uh, that means that we're going to make some moves at some point. And uh, Katie and I started the business knowing that retail is something that we both want to do. It gives you more flexibility, more creativity. So that's definitely the next phase.
0: Okay. If you could say like now being a business owner, not even thinking you know, like all the way back, but just you at machine shop right now, mm-hmm. what's been like the hardest part for you, just maintaining a business? Has it been more of like the logistics, the not having flexibility? Is that driving you crazy, or is it just something completely different?
1: Um, the not flexibility is is a is a big thing for sure. Um, I don't think that you can overstate the mental stress of owning a business and how much that weighs on you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something I think that people talk about very much, but it really, there's a lot of pressure yeah. um, on you as a as a business owner.
0: Do you feel like it helps that you have a business partner? It, yeah. The next, you can uh, oh,
1: absolutely. You can
0: actually talk and powwow and yeah. shit like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely, but it is still like, it's it's stressful. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's no... <laughs> you know there's no if ands or buts about it no. it just is um and it's super rewarding but it is uh you know there's a lot of different things you have to juggle and especially doing something like what we do like you are in the kitchen every single day but then the books are still on the computer and you still have to you go you still have to go there and sit down and and make sure that you're taking care of all of that side too so um it's a lot it's I mean, a insane learning experience for sure.
0: It has to be like, all right, you got your degree, but now you have a whole different kind of degree. Like yeah. you, you're probably Ph.D.ing right now. <laughs> you're like you're about to do your like your boulangerie thesis and
1: shit.
0: <laughs> it has, that's I because I the day I came to visit you, mm-hmm. I realized how big of a scope of what you do. Mm. And like I've been in kitchens at a lot of places, but typically someone I don't know. Mm-hmm. But to see you with these big ass ovens all this dough all this and and i boxes and boxes of shit that had to go out yeah i'm like yo the level of work you have to do to maintain and be on time and this it is yeah. crazy yeah so i commend you for that shit <laughs> it's like you're you two are some fucking gangsters
1: it's seven days a, i mean it's seven days a week and there are deadlines like mm-hmm. we we put out we produce a lot of product and it has to leave at 445 every single day seven days a week and there's no like there's no wiggle room in that it's it's a deadline and you have to meet it mm-hmm. so it's yeah do it's you remember intense.
0: do you remember growing up um like chestnut hill that mm-hmm. bakery top of the hill bakery or bottom of the hill bakery whatever it's called it's at the bottom literally the bottom of the Chest-
1: night kitchen
0: yeah it might be the night kitchen or so originally i the, we, you brought up we have to push it out at four yeah. o'clock in the morning uh-huh. when i used to work at trolley car diner oh yeah it's right like you come past Charlie Car, and you come mm-hmm. right in Chestnut Hill. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a big spot that does flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a bakery that's right yeah. there. It's still mm-hmm. open. Night kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every time I used to ride by it, it'd be like midnight when I'm like, "Why is this shit still open?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "They weren't open. They just had to get the shit ready for the next day." Mm-hmm. And I, that's when it clicked for me. Yeah. I was like, "Yo, bakeries, don't stop. Mm-hmm. They do not stop." Yep. And that's some wildness. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna rapid fire some stuff unless you had something to say.
1: No, I was just gonna say somebody walks in the in the door at 1:45 a.m. Mm-hmm. every day, seven days a week.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I can't do it, but if I had to, I would. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna ask you some just random shit.
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: Rapid fire, okay. What's your favorite pastry? Ooh. To eat, not to make.
1: Oh damn. I mm, wasn't prepared for that. Yeah, <laughs> um because mm, I'm not a big sweets person actually to eat myself. What's your
0: favorite baked good to eat?
1: Baked good, you pastry. You changed it
0: because you, you, you said you said you're not a um a sweets person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you have a pastry that you're like, damn, I love this shit. I mean,
1: I love chocolate. Like chocolate's my jam.
0: Are you like a dark chocolate? Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. What about? With, like, like, sea salt or anything like that? You like yeah. salt? Yeah. hmm Okay. I
1: would say dark chocolate salted caramel.
0: I love you. Like a little bonbon.
1: Mm-hmm. It's good. So, say that one more time. Bonbon.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> what are you listening to right now? Any music you're listening to? Um,
1: hmm. Well, I love Christine and the Queens. you know who that is? I don't. Oh, so you, you want to put she's me on? A, she's a French artist.
0: So I'll put it on right when we finish this podcast.
1: <laughs> um, she's super fly. Um, Lizzo, of course. Okay, she's in
0: her Lizzo. <laughs> you gave me one more, one more artist, one more. Mm, mm,
1: mm, mm. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw back to. Uh, do you know who David Byrne is? I think I do know the David ta- Byrne. The Talking Heads. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was like, all right. Yeah. So I so, like you.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, I think I might know the answer to this. Are you a sneaker or a boots person? Boots. Yeah, I figured that one. <laughs> and when you're not baking. How do you unwind?
1: Um, having a glass of whiskey with a friend.
0: Damn, that was good. <laughs> and thank you, Jack Daniels, for providing the whiskey today. Um, but yeah, I want to thank you for coming on.
1: Of course. This is
0: amazing. Yeah. Hope you learned a lot about uh, Machine Shop. And the life of a pastry chef, you, you're pretty damn dope.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: If you want people to find you, how can people find you on the interwebs and things like that?
1: um our instagram is machine Shop philly all right um yeah
0: and if you're in philly uh work some places we can find some of your uh, baked goods
1: uh so elixir coffee reanimator coffee uh, menagerie rally those oh. are some of our biggest yeah our all biggest right. accounts
0: so if you're eating baked goods you're probably eating hers from there <laughs> and which uh what's katie's full name
1: Katie Lynch or Catherine Lynch.
0: Catherine Lynch. Shout out to Catherine Lynch. I know you're not here right now, but we're thinking about you. Um, And yeah, so thank you for tuning in to Precision Notes. I'm Sabir Peel and I'm signing off and we'll see you again soon. Thank you for tuning in to Precision Notes, a Men's Style Pro podcast. Be sure to follow all things Men's Style Pro at menstylepro.com and follow us on social at Men's Style Pro across all platforms. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at Precision notes at MenStylePro.com.